Before we get to today's episode of Off the Bench, we want to remind you all that Monumental Sports Network is the new streaming service for all your D.C. sports. Watch live games, exclusive shows, and attend VIP events. You can start your free trial today at GetMonumental.com. Welcome to another edition of Off the Bench. Zach Rosen here with Jacob Rame with his big return to the podcast. It's been, it's been a hot minute, huh? It's been a long Welcome time. Back. Chris Gehring and Jeremy Hyman. Uh, today we are going to give you our official preview for the Washington Wizards 2017-18 season, which begins on Wednesday at home against the 76ers, 7 o'clock, Capital One Arena, or if you want to watch on ESPN, go for it. Uh, Spoiler, I think it's going to be good. It should be a good one. Yeah, it's going to be a fun one. Uh, the season, I mean, U.S. Yeah. season preview. Well, just, that's the season preview. It's going to be a good one. That's right. There. <laughs> and that was off the bench. Okay. <laughs> Mike Breen and Jeff Van Gundy are in the house. I, is that right? Yep. Yeah, I think the A-team I is, believe, is in yeah, the building. I believe we have the, the, yeah, the ESPN A-team here, which is big. We haven't had that for an opening night here since I've been here. So this is this is going to be a fun opener. Not for a lot of reasons, not just because of our broadcast crew, but uh, national audience. It's you know basketball's back. I'm mostly excited about beating Patrick Reese mercilessly in our building. That's right. For those who didn't know, Patrick Reese, former PR wizard with the Wizards, is now the head of PR over in Philly. So it'll be good to see him. We're excited to have him back, and also get an opening night win at Capital One Arena. The vault, the vault. as Bradley Beal right. yeah. coined it. Yep. New terminology this year, the vault, Capital One Arena, and a lot of continuity, so we don't have too many new faces to, to dive into. But, guys, I do want to start off by saying the season preview for this year is basically a continuation of last season with a few additions. Obviously, the league has changed immensely, the West more than the East, but let's start right away with well, what I think the east has changed too well at the top especially yeah but a lot of guys have gone west but i'm saying the west has definitely changed more than the east but i want to start you know let's keep it more of a micro outlook right now what are we expecting out of this season's team uh, i know we dove into this with a little round table on monday um but let's let's talk it out as well jacob want to start with you as you know we didn't get to hear your thoughts yet well i think that um it's it's hard to it's hard in my mind to predict anything worse than last season. Certainly, um, I think that so long as this team's healthy, I think that a top three finish in the East is extremely likely. I'd like to think that fifty wins is on the horizon this year, um, but but health is going to be the major key. I think this year the starters are going to play another heavy heavy dose of minutes, and um, and. You always you always worry about those minutes taking away and tear their bodies during the regular season. I expect Brooks to do a to do his best to try to um, control that our starters' minutes and um, um, and maintain healthy bodies. But that's that's really where I see is the sole issue and the sole obstacle to a top finish in the East this season. Yeah, I think we know what the starting lineup can do, and like obviously we have said this. In a lot of podcasts this offseason, we know what the starting five can do, particularly when Keith Morris is back. But I think a lot of the Wizards' depth and a lot of Coach Brooks's options are going to come from how far Thomas Sadoransky came along, how far Kelly Oubre came along, and then obviously the health of the veterans that they, that they chipped in. Mike Scott coming off an injury, Jody Meeks coming off an injury. 
but those guys when they can contribute really fit into what the Wizards like to do um, with their bench unit both can score um, Jody Meeks obviously one of the better shooters in the league percentage wise when he is when he's fully right so if this team can stay healthy as we've said and as you'll read throughout you know pretty much any preview of the NBA this season um, I think that they'll have more options than than maybe they have in the past if, if guys can come along and now we just kind of have to wait and kind of see how that plays out see how comfortable guys get playing with each other and Obviously, a lot of those decisions are going to be up to Coach Brooks, but um, I'm excited to see how far Tomas came along after after a full NBA season, and and I'm really excited to see what what Kelly Oubre can do. I know that that's not a that's not a hot take. That's not something that you know hasn't been written, but I, I really am excited to see what a what another year of confidence and and work on his game can do. It is great to be back talking Wizards. The week of the NBA season. We have the Celtics-Cavs kicking off Tuesday night, Wizards and Sixers Wednesday night. We, I feel like we've been doing these season previews for months, just kind of waiting for training camp and then preseason and just getting ready and so much preview, preview, preview talk. You know, at this point of the fall now that we're in, it is great to finally have basketball back. It's a cool, crisp fall day, finally. It's not 80 degrees outside. I put the shorts away. And, I, I mean, I, I agree with what, with what you guys are saying. And I was one of my points I wrote about in the roundtable was that the biggest thing for me for this team to go farther than last year is is to have more guys that can play, you know, more big minutes for this team. And that's not just in the playoffs when the playoffs do roll around, but that's all season to take some of that wear and tear off of John and Brad and especially those backcourt guys like Tim Frazier and Jody Meeks and Thomas Sadaransky and seeing what those guys can do because if they can give you good solid minutes and you don't have to play John 41 42 minutes a night you know hopefully we get back to that game 7 and and maybe he has some more in the tank there you know with the way he had the way he uh, trained himself this off season, you know he thinks he could play probably the same or more minutes than he did last year and be in better shape. So you just combine all that, like him being in better shape, you know, having another year of experience with guys that we are hoping are going to be contributors off the bench. <sighs> nice shout out to the name of the pod, <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh, shameless plug. That's right. Yeah, but that that's that was one of my big points, and that's something we're going to be watching kind of from the start of the season um, is how, how these guys develop. And I think you're going to look at, you know, they could go definitely 11, 12, maybe 13 deep with this roster. That I know Brooks is confident in some of the guys on the end of his bench. When everyone's healthy, you're never going to play that many guys in a game. So, of course, we're going to have the, you know, the blog posts are going to be written. Why isn't so-and-so player playing? Early it could be Thomas Sadaransky. We don't know if he's going to be immediately inserted into as a rotation guy. But I think at some point during the season, and this is something that always gets blown out of proportion when guys don't play early, is that it's 82 games, it's six months, it's a long season, and that there's different guys that are going to play different amount of minutes at different parts of the season. You don't just – it's just not slotted on paper and everybody's – you know you throw it you put together the roster right at this point of the season you're like well how are they going to find time for this guy to play 
it usually works itself out and not you know we want everyone to be healthy all year but that just never happens guys are going to go down guys are going to need days off guys are going to need breaks and they'll find if a guy's playing well or ready to contribute they'll find ways to get him in the game and that's something that Scott Brooks will be challenged with but something that he I think will do a good job with this year so that's something we'll be watching sort of from day one and maybe we'll be talking here in December or January and talking about how so-and-so player is you know didn't play for a while and now is you know looks like a real contributor you look at the schedule and last year of course the team didn't get off to the start that it wanted to two and eight in the first 10 games uh it wasn't the easiest slate but the team seemed to kind of still be meshing together uh wall couldn't play every game couldn't play his full potential coming off double knee surgery this season is going to go differently it's going to start off differently and they may start out west with this little road trip after two home games but you you don't expect them to to fall like they did last year but a big obstacle they do need to deal with now and we talked about it you know extensively is that Keith Morris will be will still be missing we expect at least the, the first month of the season what do you guys think become what what becomes the domino effect from him not playing not only just the starters but how does it impact the whole season as we look forward right now today yeah, I think you find out you find out more about maybe how some some guys came along, like we were just saying. I think you'll find Brooks being able to mix and match a little bit more with with the bigs, and and you know we we use that term lightly now, just because so many times you just you just play with more forwards, and you use guys like Kelly Oubre and Otto Porter as a tech what you're technically your you know your four guy, um, and so I think that they'll be able to do a little experimenting. But I also think that the fact that this team is benefiting from having having a full year with this coaching staff, I think the learning curve is going to be shorter this season, and I think that they'll be able to come in more prepared to play, even if it is without you know a, a key guy. Guys like John, Brad, Otto, Marchin, um, Jason Smith, these are all veterans that, that really know how to play together now, and we all know how talented they are individually, so... When you got guys like John and Brad, hopefully being able to fire on all cylinders right from the get-go, I think they're going to be able to pull out. You know, they'll be able to pull out wins without you know a key guy. And obviously, you'd rather have Keith Morris out now as opposed to you know middle of yeah, April when we're heading into the postseason. <laughs> yeah, Jacob, I think it's going to be a good opportunity um, at the start of the year to see. Um, what the Wizards can do with Otto and Kelly sharing the floor together. I think that you're going to see a lot of that and um, a sort of sm- not not necessarily a small ball lineup because I think that um, most, of, if not all, of the 48 minutes will include Gortat um, or Mahinmi. So, but in going with a couple of wings there that have a lot of length, can shoot the three, stretch the floor in – Kelly and Otto, I think that's going to be a lineup that we get a good long look at early in the year with Keith out, and I'm really curious to see how that develops. I think it could be something else defensively too. Like those guys are long enough and can really cause problems. And like, you talk about guys that maybe aren't the greatest defenders individually, although we think that you know we know that Kelly can really defend. But you know, guys when they figure out how to use their length, defend together. Otto and Kelly are two prime candidates of guys who can play bigger than they are 
and I think that, that that'll be interesting to see them together on the floor, you know, in that sense too. Obviously, they're an offensive threat, but I think defensively it could be really interesting to watch them be able to put pressure on people. Yeah, and that's that's why I, I just feel like I don't think the Wizards have to be too concerned with, you know, the first month of the season. It, it's fairly soft schedule. I know the West Coast trip is never easy, but a lot of those home games are against teams that are – I mean, I don't think there's many playoff teams in that mix. You know, there's a couple – Philly and Detroit to start the year, obviously. You know, maybe they're fighting. They're probably going to be fighting for the bottom of the Eastern Conference. Every, every team in the East is a possible playoff team. Yeah, and then, you know, Phoenix. I know Cleveland comes at the beginning there, and then Dallas, the Lakers, the Hawks, the Sacramento Kings. I mean, I just don't see many playoff teams in that mix. Um, so I just think, you know, Keith, I think Keith's a very important piece to this team. You know, when the playoffs come, he's a huge piece, in my opinion, but... I, I think they're going to be fine getting by, winning most of these games early in the year. I think they're going to get off to a good start. It's totally different, totally different than last year. It's just a different feel than last yeah, year. Yeah, it's just completely different. I mean, we, we kind of – you're not kind of – there's no questions about, like, you know, are the Wizards going to be good this year? Like, I mean, that we know they're they going to be good. Be. Like, it's just – like in basketball, if guys are healthy, it's not – it's very rarely will you see a team that you really – you know, project to be a very good team like the Wizards are. I mean, they're just not going to be, you know, they're not going to be, you know, a 30-something win team with this roster. Like, they're just a good team. So that's why I, I think they have the pieces to fill in. I, I like Jason Smith a lot. I like Mike Scott, what he can do. I like playing with the small lineup at times. Uh, they have they have guys that can fill in. I mean, it's not, you know, we're hoping it's just going to probably be three or four weeks before Keefe's back. And I don't want to downplay it and say, like, you know, it doesn't matter that Keith's not going to be in the lineup because, like I said, I think he's a big piece to this team. But, I, like, basically the, my, what I would propose is what would their record be the first month of the season with Keith, without Keith? I'll, I mean, it's if you want to see a schedule in the NBA according to strength of schedule. So. Yeah, and, I, you know, I also don't like to just say, you know, look at schedule, you know, look at games and say well this is the easy part this is the hard part you know how the nba works it never works that way where you're you can't project all these things but just in terms of if you just say how are the wizards going to do in the first month i think with or without Keith, i think they're going to be very very successful so that's that's why i'm just i'm not going to like you know i i just hear heard a lot of you know chatter that like oh it's too bad like the wizards continuity isn't there anymore because keith's gone like that was their chance to take advantage when he's the other there, he's been in DC the least amount of time right, starting five right. by yeah. far. <laughs> but I just you know, I've been hearing like Boston and Cleveland are probably gonna struggle because they have new players and the Wizards this was their chance to like take a big lead. I I, I don't that's that kind of talk I don't buy it's, into it's that. Off season talk. That's yeah. I mean I what wh- I don't know that Cleveland and Boston are going to struggle early. I mean that I think you're taking a I don't really expect them to to be honest. Well, I I don't either, but you know some it, just just that whole theory that like now that Keith's not there that the Wizards no longer have that edge or I never really thought much of that anyway and I certainly don't agree with that whole I, that stance or take that I've heard and read. So that's more just uh Letting that be known. <laughs> Fun question. Bold predictions from everyone. Hot takes. I want to hear them. Uh, mine that I wrote about was that actually what Jacob was talking about is that Kelly Oubre will play the crunch time minutes even when Keith comes back. 
and Keefe would be the five with with the other f three starters and Ubre. Uh, I just don't see Gortat's value as much at the end of games, though he in the playoffs against Atlanta, especially I thought he was really good in crunch time. But with the way the NBA is going, I don't see him in that role as much. It's not really a hot take, more of a strategic, you know, look at what makes sense to do next. I don't know what else, something you guys wrote about, maybe another one you want to get out there. Yeah, I mean, well, when you talk, I mean, that's that's talking about this modern NBA. And that's that's not so much on Gortat or this. That's more on the center position when other teams are. I don't playing, think it has anything to do with marching as a player. Well, that, that's no. what I'm saying. Uh -huh. It's like. You know, when other teams are playing, you know, their late game lineups are with five shooters on the floor and then, you know, the Wizards have to counter it and have to play Gortat on the perimeter. You're just at a disadvantage there. So that's that's more of the way the NBA is going, which we've seen over the last few years. And, you know, that's a lot of times that is end of games. But um, I don't know. I mean, that's it's total. I, I think it's big time matchup dependent, too. I mean, right. 100%. But I, I, I certainly don't disagree with you, Zach. Okay. Bigger hot takes. Yeah, my I wrote that my big prediction, which again like might not be a big prediction, but I wrote that I, th I think that the Wizards are going to. Well, if we're talking big, big prediction, big take, I think Huge. the Wizards see the Wizards lose single digit games at home. A nugget from from the piece that you can read on Wizards.com now is that only one team did that last year, and it was the Warriors. They lost five games at home. A lot of teams came close. A lot of teams lost 11, 12, um, even 10 at home. We were one of those teams. The Wizards were one of those teams, and I, th I think it was 11. And I think that this team is just going to be so locked in at home. We heard Brian Windhorst talk about it when we were in camp, and he mentioned that that was one of his maybe you know, bolder predictions as well, is that there are going to be nights where the Wizards put a game to bed early. They come out firing at home and they take care of business at home. I, I really think that that's going to be something that they're going to hang their hat on this year, much like they did last year. And maybe a little bolder is that, I, and this is, again, going off of what we what we wrote, but I think that Bradley Beal, you know, I think this is as good a season as any. Bradley Beal can be a top 10 scorer in this league. He's close as it is, but he can be a top 10, top 5 type of scorer. The way that he can shoot the ball and the way that he's, advanced as a guy who can put the ball on the floor create for himself i think he can take guys one-on-one -on -one. i think he can be that guy um and it certainly doesn't hurt to have somebody like john wall feeding you the ball and so i think bradley beal is obviously an all-star this season i think he can also really reach into that upper echelon where his name is next to you know some of the best scorers in this league he's close already but i think he gets there that's bold Trying yeah, to be bold. bold what bold size statement. font did you trying use? To be bold. What size font did you use when you made that prediction? <sighs> At least a hundred. We're trying to take. We're trying to take. This is. It's taking up the whole, the whole graphic. Size a hundred. Uh, bold take. Prediction time. Mm -hmm. Something that's not, not generally, generally, generally. <laughs> uh, a tough agreed, word. <laughs> agreed upon. Yeah, I got it's it hard. on the third try. Oh wait! Before you say it, remember that the blogs can take this and quote Jeremy Hyman on it. That's right. Yeah, anyone could quote this. This could, this could be out there. <laughs> I think my bold prediction would be the Wizards could win the Eastern Conference. That was going to be mine. Wow! I was yeah. going with that too. Why you not? Guys have worked why? together too long. Why not? This is where I think I think if the Wizards are close, are in contention late, 
like you get around mid-March and you are within a game or two of that top spot, oh, you gotta I, think, I think that's going to be something they really try to do. And I don't know if that's going to be the case. Certainly not in Cleveland, as we saw last year, if I remember right. Mm-hmm. They, they kind of, it seemed like they took, took the gas off there near the end of the regular season. But I think here in D.C. it would mean a lot for this team to do it. It would be sort of another step towards you know completing what they want to accomplish um and you know if it's winning what 50 what won the east last year 54 wins i think 54 55 yeah um so i think i think around that number is probably going to be it i don't see anyone winning oh we don't we don't know maybe it could be higher this year with a lot of you know some of the bottom of the east looks a little bit softer um, it could be maybe 57, 58 wins. Who knows if anyone in the East could win 60 this year. But I think the Wizards could be in that mix late. I mean, let's, they were not that far away last year. No. And, you know, if it's, if it's within reach and if it's something they want to go for, I think getting a top two seed, which is something we also wrote about, how important it would be to have home court in that second round, which they didn't have last year and probably was the difference in that series as the home team won every game for in the Washington series. And how well they played at home, I just feel like going for the one seed, you know, getting over 50 wins, doing it in the regular season would be such a momentum boost going into the playoffs. You get home court, you know, you, you have not that they would, wouldn't anyway, but sort of have that target on your back that you're the one seed. Um, I think it would mean something for these guys. So, you know, Atlanta did it. What were they? The shock. What was that? Three years ago. Yeah. When they when they were the one seed. They had all those uh, all stars. Yeah, that was sort of. It, it like it, it. It's not like. I mean, sure we remember that kind of because of how that played out. But you know, you're not going to be talked about. You know, for years down the road, like if you win a title for being the one seed, but. I just think that's a goal that that they have in mind, and that that's it's not out of the question. So maybe I'll say size thirty six font bold, Ooh. bold italicized underline. Um, that was you know that was going to be mine too, and I I can't say that we're not I can't say that we're not somewhat biased on this pod because since you're working on WashingtonWizards.com. Uh, yeah, that's the one I was referring to, and I'm an employee of the team and. All those good things, but I do, I do think that you know, when you think about the fact that the the Celtics are almost an entirely brand new team, and the um, Cavs are already banged up and took their foot off the gas pedal last year in terms of going for it, why not the Wizards? Right. It's just, it's just sort of a, a, a why not? I think that they have, you know, if you're gonna, you know, if you're gonna put percentage chances on it, you know, maybe it's something like twenty percent, and that seems like a pretty bold. Solid prediction to me Bold for this. Enough. Bold enough for me. Yeah. Way to contribute. <laughs> Thanks, bud. Just piggybacking off you like I always do. I mean, it, it, it makes sense. I mean, if you look at a team that it's not that the Wizards aren't built for the playoffs, but a team that could just light up opponents in the in the regular season and care about the regular season maybe more than the Cavs and Celtics or even the Raptors. I just see the Wizards as being like a very prolific offense that that's going to make you work every night and that you know that translates to wins and of course I think we can all agree the defensive consistency is probably another big question with health and the starters recognize that and I think that Kelly Oubre and guys like Mike Scott Tim Frazier are going to really help that this season Um, but 
kind of going off of those guys. Oh, by the way, I don't think we're talking about the Raptors enough. I agree. I think we're talking a lot about the Celtics and the Cavs and us, and I think the Raptors are not. If they're if they're in another tier, they're really not very far away. Uh, Valanciunas looked phenomenal in the preseason. They still have one of the very best backcourts in the NBA and Lowry and DeRozan. Um, they've got additional depth. They've locked up some of their young kids. I think that I think they're going to be a good team, a very good team again. They won 50 games last year. I mean, that's that's the thing that a lot of people are not going to take into account. Not a lot's changed there, and they're a 50 game winning team. And you know, as we look at the Eastern Conference and say, "Wow, the Wizards have a great shot at winning a lot of games in the regular season," there's no doubt that the Raptors look at the schedule and say the same thing. So I think that I think I think you're spot on. Yeah, I think the Raptors have some of the same guys. They lost key role players like Demar Carroll, who may have, you know, he might be at the tail end of his career <laughs> the way he's played the last couple seasons. Patrick Patterson's gone. Uh, they traded Terrence Ross. P.J. Tucker's gone. But they still have those guys that are going to give you trouble. I will say that their depth is a definite question mark, but people probably say that about the Wizards, so it's mm-hmm. not a surprise. Who else in the East is on uh, your radars? For me, I think... Wait, hold up. No, the Pistons are oh, on my radar. Oh, he's not going to say Milwaukee. Not saying Milwaukee. I was sure he was going to say Milwaukee. I have my doubts about Milwaukee right now, but I think the Pistons with Avery Bradley, a healthy Reggie Jackson, maybe a revitalized Andre Drummond. I don't know. I really like that team for some reason. I've been watching them a little bit. I They've got some good young talent. Stanley Johnson should make a jump. Henry Allenson, Wisconsin zone, should should probably see the floor a little bit this year. John Lure, another Wisconsin guy, stretches the floor. He's perfect for today's NBA. Um, they lost Caldwell Pope, but I don't know if that guy really helps a team win. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, but Avery Bradley. Yeah, there. he's the guy. He's yeah. he's he could be a big addition in Detroit, and I think could make them a playoff team yeah. this year. Sure, I think should make they, them a playoff yeah, team. Yeah, they, they well, have the roster. Speaking of guys who who makes teams win, Avery Bradley is that guy. We saw it happen firsthand last season. He's a defender. He can make, he can get buckets. He he's he can be a real game changer for them, and so. Obviously, I, I'll, you know, for the sake of being complete in this conversation, the Bucks are, are absolutely part of that conversation. Giannis is is an absolute an absolute beast that's only going to get better, and I think that they have a lot of other players that still have a lot of their best basketball in front of them, and so they are obviously a team to watch. And I like I like Miami this season. Yeah. Um, I think that they are going to I think that they are going to be clearly the Wizards' biggest challenger in the Southeast Division race, which doesn't mean anything except for saying that you won the division. Yep. and but Getting the hats. Getting yeah, hats. Gotta get the hats. And the hat and Don't t-shirt game. Banner. And yeah. uh, I think that having this kid, Bam Adebayo, is the real deal. I think he's going to be awesome. Goran Dragic is just about as good a floor leader as there is in the league and signed Whiteside's an elite talent down low. Um, you have the great one on the wing in Dion Waiters from where? Jeremy, from where? Uh, that school in North uh, Upstate New York. That's right, uh, Buffalo. Mm, yeah. um, the Orange Orange School, who oh, just okay. just knocked off number two uh, Clemson. <laughs> oh, the other Orange that did happen. Right. Um, they added they added Kelly Olynyk this offseason, which should add a um, little bit of element of uh, we'll say brashness to these two teams' games. Sure. Um, Stretch five. No, no, no secret that. Uh, Kelly Olenek is probably not particularly liked in Washington. Nope, that's uh, not a hot take. Yeah. And uh, so, so yeah, yeah that's, Miami. That's, that's a good team in Miami. That's yeah. a good team, very, yeah. 
Very they're well my they're my pick to be the um, Justice Winslow to be the they're my in my they're my pick to be the fifth seed and I think that they have the best chance of everybody outside of the presumed top four to break into it. Yeah. I, I I would agree with that. When I see we, I was in Miami for the preseason game and they didn't play Whiteside, they didn't play Dragic, uh, they didn't play Waiters, and I was still looking. You know, they not that the Wizards you know played everybody full you know full minutes, but. The guys that they that they put in there, I don't know if it's just that they play the Wizards so tough, but it just seems like whoever they put out there, these guys hit shots. They give the Wizards problems, and granted, I'm aware it wasn't you know a full out scouting game, but it this is, is a it team felt they like beat. A real it, 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 game. it felt you know the the crowd, small crowd that was there, was loud. It kind of they were into it. The players seemed like they were into it, and you know. The teams that finished the game weren't, you know, weren't the crunch time minutes guys we're going to see when these teams meet again in November on a home and home. Yeah. But, but it was it was a competitive game, and you know, for the quarters that our starters were in there, they this team plays us tough. They beat them. The Miami beat the Wizards four times last year. Yep. yep. And it's probably why it's fresh in my mind. Though the last game did not matter to the Wizards. Right. At all. Yeah. Yeah. Last game of the season, I think, was in. But Miami. no, they beat them bad the other three times. Yeah. Right, and that's... There was that one game that was unbelievable in D.C. when James Johnson hit the shot down the stretch to beat yeah. us. Yeah. Yep. He's another that was one of the player. best. That was one of the best games of the year. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's just... I don't know. Like I said, I don't know if it just feels like it's just one of those teams that they always seem to play well against us, and they have these guys that just seem to, you know, kill the Wizards, but uh, but they they have some talent on that team, and, they, and I think that's a deep team. Yeah, I mean, like I said, without team. their three best players... Playing in the preseason, I was still impressed with the guys they were putting out there. I just think they go, you know, could go 11, 12 guys on that roster with a lot of talent. And Eric Spolster's a great head coach. And that's a team I'll keep my eye on. I think if there's a team that might sneak into that top four range, I'd keep my eye on Miami. So I'm with so, you there. So I stole Jeremy's answer on the previous question, and Jeremy stole my answer right. on that one. Fair trade. I mean, what we, we can say is that there are teams that have been in the playoff picture for a long time in the East that probably will be on the outside looking in. Indiana, Hawks. Uh, Atlanta. Hawks. Yeah, the Hawks, Hawks. are just <laughs> not there right now. Um, some teams that will likely struggle, the Knicks, the Magic, uh, the Nets. Uh, the Bulls. The Bulls. A lot of teams that are, you know, yeah. they're rebuilding. There are some fringe playoff teams the Sixers the Hornets yeah. I think the Sixers it just matters you know how much can they can, can they keep these young kids on the court can they develop them a little bit and you know and when big games come this, none of the, none of the Sixers none of the Sixers kids have played a game that matters yet in the well, NBA yeah the Sixers are probably the league's biggest mystery and so year. none of them have played a game that matters in the NBA yet and so I think you know starting game one this year it matters for that team I mean this is a team with playoff aspirations now uh, the, the process is over. Tough team to... Oh, no, very no, tough no, team no, to predict. No, no, no. The process is never over. <laughs> right. So, sorry. It is not okay. over. Maybe we'll say the first stage of the yes, process is the over. The first stage. The losing has... The losing stage is over. Sorry. I Chapters, apologize to Sam Hinkie. the process... The process Chapters will never one through be three over. are over. Mm-hmm. But, no, you're right, though. That's... Uh, 
That that's team is the biggest mystery in the NBA, which is kind of why I'm excited we get to play them here opening night on it's ESPN. First, it's gonna yeah, be awesome. And Embiid is supposed to play, I believe, about 18 to 20 minutes somewhere in that yeah, range. Yeah, Fultz is Fultz is not starting. Right, but Fultz will play. Come yeah. off the bench and play. Oh well, uh, yeah, let's ben dive. Simmons. Yeah, let's dive deeper into this game since this will come out right before the opener. Deep dive. Yeah, I haven't done my full scouting yet for well, the Wizards.com right. preview, but. You're not going to uh, give us your take on Timothy Carrara Lawalu. I can't even say his name. You, Cabaret Lawalu. You backed you. You mixed it up. It's TLC, not ah, TCL. TLC. Ooh, Disrespect yeah. to the French. Sorry, yeah. on. Don't go chasing waterfalls. That TLC. <laughs> um, they still have, they've got still a big shot, Bob. Yep. Um, TJ McConnell. Yeah, well, this, remember this this Sixers team has given the Wizards pr- tr- problems year. without their right. these big young guns playing. So. Uh, certainly not a team we could overlook or JJ Redick. Yep, JJ Redick's in the mix now. He, uh, you know, obviously a sharpshooter that's going to give give everyone problems. But God, I just feel like the Sixers team could be anywhere from a thirty-four win team to a forty-six win team. Somewhere like the range. I think they could so be even lower than thirty-four. Yeah. God. They're an injury away from winning twenty five games. Probably. Oh, I I mean I think if they were if they don't win at least thirty games, I mean that, that would be so disappointing. They just feel like they have so much hype now with these guys. Um, the process I, I would just, be in I trouble. Just, I think they have too much talent to not win it. You know, at least be a thirty something win team in the league. Yeah. Uh, what I mean, last year felt like they were close, getting close to that mark last year once they got their guys going, but. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, could they sneak into the playoffs? I think maybe. You know, why not? Like, could they not be an eight seed in the East? Yeah. Yeah, no question, they, they could be. Could. Um, I think. I, I mean, Joel Embiid changes the game when he's in there. If he's if he's healthy, if he's healthy and can play extended minutes throughout this season, we we watched a lot of good teams just be completely baffled by him on the floor. I think the biggest part is there's no tape on this team at all to prepare for them. And so when they come at you, it's, it's tough to defend, especially a big guy like that who, who's really, I mean, everyone says unicorn, but he is like strategically to prepare for. There's Mm -hmm. really no way to prepare for him besides, you know, the 30 games we have on last year. Yeah. And then of course you have another top pick. Ben Simmons is, is finally back and, I you can't know, believe we, we haven't even gotten to him. We don't know. Oh man, we don't know really what kind of ball. player that he'll be in the NBA. But is he starting for them day one? He, he should be. Yeah, yeah. He's, I think he should be ready. He's played in the preseason, and I think that you know, there, there's no telling how good this squad can be because there's just so much top level talent on the squad. And if and if they're healthy, they're they're young. They're going to make mistakes. They're not they're not battle tested yet by any means, but. There's a ton of talent on this team. I mean, and then they've got Still, guys like Julia Lokifer, yeah. Dario Saric, yeah. JJ Redick. It's yeah. deep. There's, There's a lot, lot of them. Top end talent. They added Amir Johnson for a little bit of physicality. Yeah, we we I certainly feel like we feel like this this is the mystery team in the NBA. That Ben Simmons is a huge mystery because we've heard heard so much about him. We've hardly gotten to see him play any real. I mean, even in college. At LSU, I mean, the team didn't make the tournament. You know, unlo- you know, scouts watched him, but, like, in terms of a national audience, we really haven't seen a lot of Ben Simmons. I mean, you had to, you know, you had to go find LSU games. I mean, that just wasn't a good team. He played one year there. He missed all of last year. You know, we didn't get to see him much, obviously, in Australia play. 
Um, you could say the same thing for Markel Fultz on the West Coast with Washington. Yeah, on a, on a yeah. Team. That's an, yeah. I mean, it's true. I mean, we haven't actually got to see these guys. You know, it's not like we got to see them play big games, you know, March Madness, and it's like they come in with all this. We've just heard so much hype about these guys. But now we want to see how it all unfolds. And Simmons is a guy that can play any position on the floor. I think he's 6'10 now. He p- can pass the ball like a point guard. I mean, he could – he really, really could play and defend any position. And I think the Wizards trying to match up with him and figure out how they're going to do that is that's going to be a challenge and something we'll watch Wednesday night. I think offensively he's kind of like a, a young Giannis who is super raw, but he has the playmaking eye already. Mm-hmm. Defensively, yeah. I mean, he's a long guy. I, my guess is he's going to be a little behind. And what I see the, the Wizards – being able to do against this team is just score at will. I mean, yeah. they have Joel in the paint, but if he can only play 18 minutes, I, I don't – I see their defensive process and all that not being there right away. It's but it's going right. to be up to the Wizards to, you know, match up correctly on this team. Yeah. I think Okafor is going to be a problem in this game if he plays. I just – he seems to give the Wizards trouble. Yeah, he has um, in the past. But, again, it's game one. It's not the end of the world if the result isn't what fans may want. But I think it's important for them to come out and win both these these first two games to start the season, yeah. especially before you head west. Yeah, these are two of the two of the teams that we've, that we've mentioned right here to be some really intriguing teams in the east. And, you know, Philly and Detroit, it'll be fun to see both of them right off the bat and, and have them right here in our building. Another thing that we're not totally used to, and so – Getting to start the season here and, and get the hype right here in D.C. and, and be able to see the fans come out, um, it's going to be a, it's a really exciting week, and I think we can feel it in the building, and certainly we'll we'll, we'll feel it more when we get the rest of the uh, the rest of the fans in here to see it. So, final predictions on the season. I know Jeremy always says he doesn't do predictions, but I do see here he wrote the Wizards top the fifty win mark. I did I did put that on the record, and you know I'm not a prediction guy. <laughs> All right, I'll say fifty one. That's yeah. what I said. I'm, I am written on the record for 53, so we'll stick. But we'll stick with that. If everything breaks right this season, and we stay healthy, 56 or 57 in the conference. I I do think a top four seed is it's not a guarantee, but I think if every if nothing crazy happens, that that is a near lock for them. Yeah, um, it's the goal and the expectation, which is yeah, the, which is it's fun. not only the fan and media expectations. The team expects to win 50 games, be a top four seed. Mm-hmm and compete in the East to, to win the conference. You know, the championship aspirations are there, and they, they know that, but they are also being realistic. Take it a step-by-step. Step. There are tough teams in the West, yeah. but you only have to worry about them for one series if you can get there and anything can happen. Yep. Um, just going to plug a little things for us for Wiz Digital. Got a lot of great written content this week previewing you the season. We'll have a podcast coming with Carol Lawson this week, the new uh, color analyst for NBC Sports Washington. Hopefully I got that right. Messed it up with Scalabrini. Uh, And uh, we're looking forward to the season opening on Wednesday. Uh, We'll see you all here, DC family. It's going to be absolutely electric uh, opening night. We'll talk to you then. Uh, And we'll be recording podcasts all season long, hopefully dropping every Tuesday and Thursday as long as we can keep everything straight with especially some of these road trips. It gets a little crazy. Uh, But we appreciate you listening. Uh, We'll talk to you soon. And for Jamoke, ciao for now.